Good evening, this is Quintus Curtius, and welcome back to the Fortress of the Mind podcast. And in this podcast, I'm going to answer a question that I received yesterday from a reader in Europe, and he's obviously a student. And basically, the question he's asking me is, he says, without going through the email and reading it off word for word, he basically says, um, right now, Quintus, I'm in a university degree program. It's very intensive. And I'm seeing around me a lot of the same familiar things. I see people that are not very intelligent, who are getting good test results and test scores, while I am not getting the type of test scores that I think I I deserve to be getting. And how can I improve my test-taking abilities? And he really dwelt a lot on the fact that there seems to be very little correlation between intelligence and test scores. So his question is that, is just that, how can I learn how to take tests better so that my knowledge of the subject and my enthusiasm and my abilities are reflected in my test scores? So this is a good question. And I think it applies not just to people who are students, because if there are listeners there who are no longer students and they may say to themselves, well, this doesn't really apply to me, I think you can still learn something from it because... Being evaluated, being given a test, is the type of thing that we encounter in our life throughout. Even after we get out of school, if you're in a job where you get fitness reports, if you're in a uh, situation where you're getting evaluated, every one of us has to deal with standardized forms and with bureaucratic intransigence. So these are always good skills to be aware of and to learn about. So the first thing I want to say, let's, before we get into the specific test-taking techniques and things like that, let's first make a few observations. And the first thing is that this guy is absolutely right and that there is very little correlation between intelligence and how people do on tests. Very little correlation. Test-taking is a skill. It's, a, it's an art form. It's a... It's the type of thing where the people that train themselves and condition themselves to perform under it are going to do very well. Whereas those people who, even if they are intelligent, if they have not mastered the the techniques and the skills, they're not going to do as well. They're not going to do as well as they should be. And this is something that I really wrestled with for a long time because I was never, I was never a very good test taker. I was never a good test taker. And the reason is, I think the people that don't do very well on standardized tests or tests in general are people that tend to see nuances in things. They tend to read into things. They see subtleties. They see nuances. They see implications. They see complications. And the people grading these tests, they don't want to have to think about that stuff. Okay, You've got professors. You've got grad students uh, correcting these things. And if it's a standardized test like the bar exam or the LSATs or SATs or whatever, you've got computers grading them, all right? And they're going through hundreds and hundreds of these things. They don't want to have to think. They're not interested in probing and seeing whether you know the nuances of this subject or that subject. It's churn them and burn them. I mean, that's, that's, unfortunately, that's just, it took me a long time to really appreciate that. And... I think also the type of people that don't do very well on tests are people who are very conscientious and sincere. They tend to obsess about things. They, um, I wouldn't 
go so far as to say to use the word neurotic, but they tend to overthink things. They tend to read too much into multiple choice questions. They tend to want to really tease out the nuances of subjects and and data in short essays. And this can really hurt people. This can really hurt people. While those little spring butts, you know, those dorks who always, I call them spring butts, the people that are always answering questions in class and they're jumping up out of their seat and uh, you know, those those pudwack uh, ass kissers that you see in classes. And a lot of them are just mediocre intelligence. They're of mediocre intelligence, most of them. They tend to they tend to garnish the lion's share of the accolades. And they tend to do very well on these tests because their brains are not very sophisticated. They tend to be boilerplate thinkers. They tend to be in-the-box thinkers. And number two, they're eager to please. They know how to regurgitate the material. They know how to give the professor what he wants. They know how to uh, spoon-feed and to be spoon-fed. So... You know, I'm all about learning, and I think learning and understanding is is the greatest adventure of life. But at some point, we also want to do well on these tests. So you have to separate the art of learning from the art of test-taking. They overlap somewhat, but not completely. These are two circles that are joined to some extent, or, or they overlap to some extent, but not completely. So don't ever confuse those two things. You can be very enthusiastic about a subject. You can, you can be very adept at a subject. You can be very practiced in it. You can be very intelligent. And at the same time, you can not do very well on standardized tests unless you take steps to train yourself into uh, performing well on them. All right, so that's the first general background. As I see it, Getting, to, getting into the specifics of test-taking, as I see it, there are two questions that you should ask yourself if you want to do well on a test. Number one, what does the instructor want? And number two, what is the nature of the test that you're being given? And if you can master these two questions, you're going to be well on your way towards doing well on an exam. I'll repeat those two questions. What does the instructor want? And, and number two, what is the nature of the test? What is the system that's in place? And I'll talk a little bit more about what I mean by that. Let's go to the first element. What does the instructor want? Professors and instructors tend to be egoists. And this is a type of thing that goes with the job. Very few of them are, are truly interested in imparting knowledge. Most of them are only interested in stroking their egos and having their egos massaged. And the way that is done is if you've got a classroom full of, full of pupils who give you back the same information that you give out. They give out the information, you give back the information. Okay, professors don't want a dialogue. They don't want a discussion. They don't care about what you think about something. Now there are some there are some rare exceptions to this rule. All right, I, I don't want to I don't want to be so totally cynical that I rule it out completely. But in my experience, professors in general they see hundreds of students. These people are uh, often overworked and underpaid, and they long ago ceased to be captivated by the adventure of learning and they're in plug them and chug them mode 
So you have to find, if you want to do well on a test, you have to find out what does the instructor want. Listen to how he or she talks. Find out what pushes their buttons. Find out what their peccadillos are. And maybe in a certain class, you can get a hold of someone who's taken the class before you and you can get an outline of that class. You can get uh, uh, sort of a, a general boilerplate as to what sort of subjects to anticipate or what things that he's going to he or she are going to talk about and if you know what things the instructor likes and what wants you can know what things to emphasize on the exam okay so don't look at the test taking as an opportunity for you to show off your knowledge it is in some ways but in many ways if you want to do the best you can you got to give them what they want you got to give them what they want and, you know, to really understand this, it's it's hard, you know, because I remember when I was in law school, uh, I really enjoyed a lot of the subject material, but it took me a long time to really learn how to do well on these exams because if you try to go off into some sort of discussion of the law or to uh, take the... Uh, the attitude that you're going to really try to answer the question in a conscientious way, you're going to get penalized for it. They want, you know, especially for essays, they want short declarative sentences, underlining key phrases, underlining key phrases, okay? And we'll talk a little bit more about that when I get to the second question here, which I'm going to get to right now. And that is, what is the system? What is the nature of the test? Every test has certain features, and as I see it, there are different types of tests. There are multiple choice tests, essay tests, short answer questions, and maybe there are others, oral examinations. Those are rare, though. But you're going to have something somewhat similar to that. Multiple choice, short answers, essays, things like that. And each one of these types of tests has its own technique for mastery. When you come to answering questions that are essay questions, you have to try to keep your answers short and sweet. Keep them short and sweet and underline things. I found that was something that really helped me in law school and in the bar exam. Underline key phrases, uh, terms of art, things that you need the grader to see. Because remember, he's he or she is blowing through dozens of these tests. The only way you're going to stand out is if you highlight things and make them known. So you've got to let yourself be heard. Now with multiple choice, it's a whole different ball game. Multiple choice, you've got to really train yourself. You've got to you've got to do practice multiple choice, especially if the the multiple choice exams are are tricky. And sometimes they can be very very tricky because a good multiple choice exam will have proposed answers that have uh, red herrings in them, false leads. A lot of the answers will be very similar and will only be distinguishable by very subtle nuances. And I remember this was the case for the bar exam. There's a there was an essay portion, and then there was the the multi-state uh, multiple choice part. And you know, you might think it's easy just answering these multiple choice questions, but it really isn't. You have to, or at least I found for myself, I had to take a couple of these preparatory courses where they actually drill you through uh, sample multiple choice exams timed where you actually get uh, practice actually sitting for them and going through the questions 
And, you know, whether it's, you know, property law, mortgages, uh, whether it's uh, criminal law, you know, contracts, torts, whatever it is, you're going to have the background and, and the experience to handle these questions that have real fine line distinctions between them. And I imagine it's probably the same way for other fields of study, medicine, accounting, engineering, science. They're not going to make it easy for you. So you've got to have practice in taking these tests. And the other things I found out in terms of, you know, preparation and study, do not study with other people. Okay? When I I know there are some people that 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 seem to think that it's a good idea, I never found it to be that way. Study alone. All right? The only way you're ever going to get anywhere is if you isolate yourself and do it yourself. You get a bunch of people together, what it ends up being, it turns into this big circle jerk of everybody sitting around uh, debating what this means or what that means, and you end up wasting a lot of time. Do not study with other people. Another reason is they inflict all of their neuroses and fears and insecurities on you. You don't need that. You don't need that. You've got to be a self-starter. You've got to be motivated. You've got to do it yourself. And you can hover around the different uh, groups and cliques and, and talk to people and see what's going on. But to really rely on other people for your academic performance is a mistake. They're just not going to be able to deliver. So uh, believe me, I understand, you know, this was a good question. And man, I, I saw it all the time, you know, especially when I was in undergraduate you know, when I was an undergraduate in college and then then when I, when I was in law school, the people that did the best on these exams were just these drones. The They were just total drones. They were the type of uh, dork and pudwack who gets all the questions right, but they have no soul, they have no sincerity. And frankly, none of them are, are actually practicing law in the real world. And that's really the test of time, you know, these a lot of these people that did very well in law school, you know, top none of them are practicing law anymore. You know, they can't handle the real world. They can't handle the pressure. It's one thing to sit and take an exam, and to do well on some bullshit exam, but it's a quite another thing to actually perform under pressure in the real world with real clients, real trials, real uh, struggles and situations that you have to face. So test taking, it's a necessary evil. I don't think they should get rid of tests. I'd, I would never go far because you, you, you have to have some way to measure people. And even though the connection between intelligence and ability and tests is not perfect, it's the best measurement we've got. You know, it's the best measurement we've got. Uh, I don't really see any other way to evaluate and to screen people other than to give them some sort of an exam. So see it and view it as a necessary evil, but one that can be uh, dealt with and uh, triumphed over if you apply yourself and use the right techniques. So let's uh, wrap up a little bit here. Again, what I said, first, find out what the instructor wants. Okay, You've sat for the lectures. You Be an observant person. Under, watch the dynamics. Find out what's going on. Find out. And this is really where skill comes in. You've got to have a sixth sense for what people like and don't like. Find out what they want and emphasize that in your uh, exam. If it's an essay or short answer question type of test. If it's a multiple choice, you don't really have much of a, 
uh, th this technique is not really going to apply because the multiple choice trumps everything else. And number two, find out what the system is. Find, find out what the nature of the test. Is it an essay test? If it's an essay test, keep your answers right to the point. Underline key phrases in terms of art and move on. If it's a multiple choice, get practice answering multiple choice questions. Learn the material. And frankly, there's no substitute for studying. You know, I'm not one of those people that just says, oh, well, just go in there and just wing it and do the best you can. No. If you want to do well on an exam, you've got to work your ass off. You've got to do the background work. There's no substitute for preparation. There's no substitute for studying. I'm a firm believer in that. And anyone that tells you otherwise is full of shit. Preparation, preparation, preparation. Everything in life comes down to being prepared. So, hopefully that provided some guidance on how to take exams and what frame of mind to have when you're going into the exam, uh, the exam battlefield. This will conclude our podcast here at Fortress of the Mind. I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night.